0: And what many in sports call the deadest day of the year. Not that dead, because it's time for another edition of the Trojan Sports Podcast. That kicks off, you know when,
1: right now. cock doodle doo Bob! Oh, yeah!
2: Direct from rivals in Yahoo Sports, this this is the Trojansports.com podcast. For a USA
1: touchdown. touchdown! With Trojan Sports publisher... Crispy Swanson. Moving on. You love 33. You better cut that out, man. I swear that better. I better not hear that on the podcast. You right? mean about the him doing that? Yeah, we broke down. The the. Okay
2: reporter Adam J. Maya. Here we go. Yeah. We start. Monday. Yeah. and yes, and yes. Your host, our very own Ron Burgundy. You say, classy San Diego. Reading whatever is on the prompter.
0: Defense is Sua Adori chalk by the end of the not year. by not the way. Chalk. <laughs> I don't know why I said. I'll, I'll just read whatever it says,
3: baby. I know.
0: Chris Morales. He's got it.
3: He's in the end zone. It's a touchdown.
2: USC. It's the weekly radio show you need for everything you. Is that your first joke? Out, the kids That's really that a good one. one. Follow Trojansports.com on Twitter at USC underscore rivals. The, the Trojansports.com are back. podcast kicks off. The kids are back. Now, now. now. Oh, watch out, the kids are back! Here, Here is, your host is your host from the Yahoo Sports headquarters in Playa Vista,
0: Chris Morales. As the man says, welcome to the TrojanSports.com podcast Wednesday, July 13th, 2016. I am Chris Morales. Yes, the All-Star game last night. He was so excited, dressed up in his National League jersey and uniform, like a young 12-year-old boy. The one and only Adam J. a beat reporter for Trojan Sports. Have you recovered from the AL winning yet again?
3: I expected that.
0: I think America expected it.
3: Yeah, unfortunately.
0: Chris P. Swanson, the publisher of Trojan Sports. How are you, my friend? Wonderful. You were not watching the 87th edition of the All-Star Game, were you?
1: The only time I've ever seen a baseball All-Star Game is I've happened to be in, like, a bar when it's been on. That's about it. Galito! That's how little I care about All-Star Baseball. So...
0: Was it a good game, Adam? I, I read about it. I didn't watch it.
3: It was competitive. Um... Yeah, I know. It was frustrating, I think, more than anything. I'm a big uh, big Giants fan. Most of you guys know that. Yes. And, of course, I wanted home field for the possibility that they make it to the World <laughs> Series. For a
0: Giants World <laughs> Series.
3: Yeah. But they've won without home field, so...
0: Well, yeah, now I'm this is on. the fourth year in a row that the American League—you can tell I read about this—the American <laughs> yeah. League has won. I, I remember being in—it uh, was actually right when I was starting in sports radio when this this year it counts, or those ads, and we used that drop, and oh, yeah. we were Fox Sports Radio, so of course we made light of it and all that stuff, but it just—but this time it counts. It's just—when you say it like that, as a Giants fan, uh, that if you make it to the World Series that the Home field is going to be based on an all-star game. It just—it still seems silly to me. But whatever. It's stupid.
1: It's yeah, so it, dumb. It's really dumb. It's so—I mean, think think about it. There's there's a guy like Adam Maya that watches this game every year and pulls hard for the National League team in hope that his team will get home field advantage if they go to the World Series. It's ridiculous. Really, That's like like not it's entirely becau- true. But it I get is, I get his point. I get the I
0: get the wraparound it, point.
1: You. Yeah. It's a big deal when you're playing in a a series like that against another team that's that good. It's a huge deal. It shouldn't come down to who wins the All-Star game, especially, like, look, like you just mentioned, I think that the the American League has won four years in a row. Mm -hmm. That's incredibly unfair for the World Series. Think about it. It's like, oh, four years in a row, the American League has home field advantage in the World Series.
3: Yeah. It's Uh weird. It makes was, no sense. I was really into it because of Buster Posey and Johnny Cueto, who lost the game. <laughs> but uh, not so much because of home field. That's not really what I cared about.
1: That's why, Adam. I know. Okay. <laughs> All right. If there were no Giants in the game, but they yeah. were competing for the World Series, would you have watched it, hoping that they would I get would have. I would have
3: recorded the podcast and then maybe had it on in the background.
1: Before we move
0: on to actual Trojan (laughs) sports goodness, one last question in regards to the all-star extravaganza at Petco Park. Did you watch the Home Run Derby? No. I
3: was uh, at dinner for my grandmother's birthday.
0: Well, happy birthday, Grandma. Yeah, (laughs) it's actually today. Oh, well, happy birthday, Grandma, today. Should I send her a text? Maybe a (laughs) picture or a selfie? I don't
3: want you within, like, digital reach of her.
0: Go (laughs) No. Or Digital Underground, as, uh, as a group was once called. Since okay. this
1: show is going up and then getting taken down and it'll go up on, like, Sunday, happy birthday five days ago, Grandma Maya. <laughs> you know, Chris, that's not nice.
0: There's been <laughs> nice. issues. It's the summertime. We've had Adam Maya pulling issues. shows off. We've had uh result in me having to have pull shows off. Hey, these things happen. Yeah.
1: I just can't wait till we're back to Monday. What happened to Monday? That seems like years ago now. We'll get back there. Well, the Aussie we'll the hasn't happened.
0: Yeah. Hi, right, everybody. There you go. Now that you saw us <laughs> have our weekly staff meeting fight, welcome <laughs> into to the TrojanSports.com podcast. Almost as exciting as the American League winning at Petco Park in an all-star game that somehow matters but doesn't matter is the addition of the one and only recruiting insider, Scott Schrader. Yes, we talked to Scott last week. I enjoyed that two-minute interview. I think that was the highlight of the show, Chris Swanson.
1: By far. <laughs> I don't know if anybody heard it because I think it was in the break. I think I might have skipped right over it too. Oh, but, okay. uh, Well, it's
0: good it to, to know good. everyone's forwarding the shortest breaks that we have in the business, but
1: thank you. Well, <laughs> why wouldn't you? There's like a giveaway. It's like, here's a break. Here's a commercial. It's like, eh, it's Skippy. No. Okay.
0: There you go. I heard it. Trojansports.com. We've got exclusive team coverage, recruiting content from Scott Schrader, Chris Swanson, and you know Marky Mark, the Funky Buncher, there too. I don't even know what that means. Mike and, Singer. Uh, no, I I want to call him Mark. That might be the new bit. I'm just going to call him Mark Singer. We've got in depth <laughs> interviews with the players on the team. It's worth the price of admission and subscription. It's less than what you'll pay for coffee over two days at Starbucks if you go to Starbucks. If you go to one of those, like, donut shop coffee places, that's a week's worth of coffee. Come on. (laughs) Give it to us. Why not? Trojansports.com. You've got August just ahead, a full football season. You know you're going to want to spend it with your favorite fellas. We're ramping it up. Trojansports.com. Plus, with all the reports, we may be the only one in business soon. You never know. (laughs) (laughs) Just go to awfulannouncing if you want to know more about that. <laughs> Meanwhile <laughs> Hey, they take shots at us. So Do they? <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes a legitimate news source reported something. That's all I'm saying.
1: Is that a legitimate news source?
0: I think awfulannouncing dead spin. They're they're not legitimate It's true. I, it's true. Regardless of the legitimacy. Yeah, they have the like I mean this is it's like, you know, they have actual emails and company memos and stuff so i'm not just making anything up
1: apparently there's no uh radio over there that could possibly hire chris morales away for a much larger salary or anything like that apparently i don't know there probably is and there
0: probably is video too but i gotta be honest if i did that that means i couldn't work with you guys each week oh yeah that would that would stop you and there's just more we have so much fun (laughs) adam doesn't have that much fun but i know chris and i do (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> okay whatever right, we've
0: got a lot of questions from the message board direct to trojansports.com that's all up ahead and uh so much more tomorrow's Pac 12 media day and you know all the coverage will be there too but uh, let's get into recruiting chris
1: swanson shall we let's do it let's do it um we're talking quarterbacks again this weekend i caught up with both uh chase garbers and jack sears's coach i guess i should say as i always had jack sears there yeah, uh, you
3: didn't talk to jack
1: And nobody talks to Jack unless you see him in person. But I caught up with Chase Garbers uh, at the Battle of the Beach at uh, Edison High School. Uh, He's committed to Cal, obviously, but USC is still involved there, still talking to him. Chase Garbers said recruiting him harder than ever. Um, Still no offer. He even told me, I think they're waiting on what Sears does. So it seems like... Well, I I knew that too, but it's it's interesting to say to hear Chase Garver's say it. Like right. I know they're waiting on this other guy. Like it's pretty obvious when he's saying it because you'd think like they would try to, you know, not make him think that. You know, make him think like he's a priority for them. Whatever. Um, so Sears is committing soon as well. I don't think they get Sears. I think that falls to Garbers. I think they offer him. Who knows? He's committed to Cal now. I would have told you before I would think Garbers would jump on that offer. I'm not entirely sure now. I think he would end up at USC anyway. But, you know, Cal, he's committed there. He might end up there. He might like the loyalty thing. But uh, I don't know. Because... I don't think that Fink versus Garbers has that same ring to it as Brown versus Darnold. I'm not really sure if it matters that they get if they get a quarterback in this class. I don't know how you feel about that, Adam Maya, but especially I am actually. Um, You can do that. I've changed my mind. I know that it's always. It's always good to have a quarterback in a yeah. class. It's always good. That's that's the common rule. But I really started to think about this. Like I really thought about it in depth as we look at this quarterback competition. They feel like has been forced because there's a young phenom coming on You know, in, in Sam Darnold. He keeps improving and improving. It's kind of forcing this competition. At least that's how it seems. Mm-hmm. I feel like with Matt Corral coming in, he's going to force a competition with a guy like Fink or a guy like Garbers right away. And he mm-hmm. might take that job from them all of Barkley. Although I know there was different circumstances to that with Corp getting hurt or whatever else. But, you know, Barkley was still able to take over that job and never give it back as a as a freshman. So I could kind of see it Maybe not mattering as much. I get. I definitely understand people's points when they say, hey, who cares if USC takes a quarterback in this class? I actually really like Chase Garbers, and I, and I like Sears. I just don't think they're going to get Sears. But I do like Chase Garbers a lot. Um, I just don't know if it really matters that much to SC as, as much time as we spend talking about it, too. I, I'm not sure if it really matters that much.
3: Well, I think it matters because they're still recruiting quarterbacks. They're recruiting other quarterbacks that we haven't mentioned yet from the 2017 class. And I think their perspective, which is one that I'm considering here, is that you don't know that Matt Corral in 2018 is definitely coming. He's very likely coming, but you don't know that he's definitely coming. You also don't know what he'll ultimately be. And and the same can be said for any 2017 quarterback. Just because Chase Garbers isn't a five-star prospect, you don't know that he won't be the best quarterback on the team if he were to come. And so I think you want to have competition regardless. And just because from our vantage point, Matt Fink versus Chase Garbers is not an exciting competition to foresee we have no clue who they really are and so I think you you bring in a guy I think you you need to have a quarterback in every class and um, if you don't they can very likely get away with it I'm not saying that they're doomed if they don't get one but there are scenarios in which they would be screwed by not having a quarterback in that class. It, they are, it is possible. And so um, I think you don't risk with the quarterback position. You don't take chances and you don't skip classes, in my opinion. But Chris, I want to get your, your prediction here because I think people would, would like to hear this. You say Jack Sears is not coming. Where do you think he's going? It looks like he's going to commit in the next week or so. Maybe within the week. So if you had to pick a school, just your prediction, your guess, where's he going?
1: I'm going to put it out there, first of all, that he's kind of an enigma. I have yeah. heard this from a lot of people where like usually we sort of know where the kid's going at the end and he's one of these kids where it's like oh uh, where's he going I know there's a whole relationship with Utah there because they've uh, they offered him early and they've gotten a quarterback from that school before and I've even heard you know other guys I've talked to say oh I think Utah's gonna get him but I've actually heard mm-hmm. someone close to him say academics are important. UCLA, USC, Duke stand out academically a lot, and Utah doesn't as much, even though I think Utah's actually a a very good school and an underrated school. Um, To me, I think USC kind of falls off because of reasons we've talked about before, Sam Darnold. There's an easier path to play early at UCLA and at Duke. That's just the choice. I I think that's kind of the battle here. I think it's a UCLA-Duke battle. I wouldn't be surprised by either one. That's all I'm going to say.
3: You won't pick one? It's not that oh.
1: hard. I'll take UCLA.
3: Okay. Yeah. I I agree that over the top two in the running, we just have not gotten the vibe at all that he was coming to USC. Uh, despite who we know close to him, and and his connection, you know, he's closest to USC than anywhere else physically. But um, I'm going to go with Duke. They still have David Cutcliffe as their coach. Um, he's gotten Orange County quarterbacks before. He, of course, worked with the Mannings. And I just get that, that feeling that Sears is more than willing to leave California. Um, I've been asking around about this, and what I've been told is that UCLA feels good about their chances with him, but even people that cover recruiting for UCLA are not confident themselves that Jack Stears will go there. And oftentimes, you know, the, re- the recruiting insiders... They usually have a good sense of whether like a guy is going to the team that they cover, and we don't have that. And you feel like I don't have that. I'm gonna guess Duke.
1: I will say we mentioned Utah's relationship at his high school before. Duke has that relationship as well. Um, many people thought that Sam Darnold was going to end up at Duke because rookie town was at USC. Duke kind of seemed like that next choice for Darnold, and so it makes sense that they're you know they're Mm. plugged in in that area and they can get those guys. And they're such a good academic school too. I mean, honestly, they're a better academic school than UCLA is if academics matter to him. Duke, I feel like, is you know basically an Ivy League school, so that that's got to be a draw as well, if okay. that really matters.
3: Real quick here, I- I've asked you this before, but you know, maybe we can update this. If they get neither one and and you know, we're presuming that they still pursue a quarterback. I I'm pretty sure they're going to. Who do you see them getting? Or I guess who's still on the board?
1: Oh man. See they've they're talking to a lot of kids. there's a lot of backup plans. Um, right. you know, so it can fall far. It's just who knows when they stop it and say, forget it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We're moving on. A lot of these kids committed too. So that's the other thing. You, do they try to to flip a guy? Um I honestly I think it won't fall beyond Chase Garvey's skin. I think he'd flip from okay. Cal. Honestly, I said I mean,
3: originally, I remember.
1: Yeah, I think I think that he basically he pit Cal and nobody's told me this. I've talked to I talked to his you know, his coach, his personal kind of like handler and, and, you know, they're keeping it to themselves and all that kind of stuff. But to me, the way I interpret it is you commit to Cal because you're waiting for a school that hasn't offered you a scholarship. So yeah. you're putting yourself in a situation where Cal moves on and other schools move on. And it's like, where am I going if USC doesn't offer a scholarship or yeah. if Jack Sears picks USC? And Chase Garbage might be like, well, I don't want to go to Duke. You know, so Mm -hmm. he I feel like he pulled the trigger on Cal because it's like they want me. I feel like if USC wants him all of a sudden, he might think I get to stay, you know, in Southern California. uh, Look at all these toys that I can play with me and their receivers are just better quality than Cal, even though I've been really impressed with what Cal's done with recruiting that particular position. It's USC, you know. There's just more talent. And even though you're their third choice or fourth choice or whatever, and that might freak you out at USC, you also have to think I'm in a situation to win the job still. Like we've mentioned before, it might be me versus Matt Fink if you're in Chase Garber's head thinking that maybe I have a shot, you know, to be the starter at USC uh, just as much as at Cal. Mm-hmm. So I could really see USC getting him. You know, there's also Jake. Then there's a couple quarterbacks where you start to think, do they start to think that even if they're committed? There's Jake Hayner who committed to Washington, who we talked to before up in Daneville, who's actually um, USC tight end commit Aaron Cromanhoek, That's his quarterback. He's committed to Washington. USC came and watched him. They're interested. Maybe they offer him if Chase Garbers, you know, doesn't come. Maybe they offer, you know, Burmese too, committed commit to Arizona or, uh, uh, you know, the, the, kid, the, the kid from Arizona that's committed to Oregon, Kelly. There's, there's a bunch of options. I know the guys they're looking at, they've talked to. It just becomes, I think, you know, after Garbers, who we all feel like is their next guy after mm-hmm. Sears, where do they go?
3: Mm -hmm. And then
1: how far does it go? Because they're also talking to, you know, some local guys that maybe you know, three-star quarterbacks that maybe aren't even viewed as Pac-12 guys yet. So do they go that far? Who knows? They Mm -hmm. do have the numbers where maybe they could and justify it.
3: Yeah. All right. Um, Defensive tackle Greg Rogers was on USC campus this week. Um, Why don't you talk about him a little bit?
1: Yeah, this is this is big-time uh, target for USC. He was also at UCLA. I should mention that, too. You know, he took the L- uh, Las yeah. Vegas trip, uh, you know, to L.A., so he went to both. But big-deal target for USC. Um, this class, as we've talked about before, I feel like kind of parallels 2015 where there's defensive linemen out west and USC needs to stack up again. Uh, And really kind of control that position group because I feel like that's really what separates them from the rest of the Pac-12 is the ability to have those guys on a regular basis. West Coast doesn't offer classes like this all the time. Um, Like I said, Parallels 2015, that was the last time USC stacked up. Greg Rogers is one of these guys out West that I feel like USC needs to sign. Um, They're in a heated competition with UCLA here. But big deal that they got him on campus. There's a lot of whispers out there. You know, I saw a guy post our message for that. Oh, you know, he's going to go to UCLA. He's going to go to UCLA. Our very own Scott Schrader, I think, believes he's going to go to USC. But it's a heated battle, I think. Um, And it's somebody that they need to get. I think they're looking good for him, though.
3: All right. And they offered another cornerback, which uh, I think caused a mixed reaction among some of the people on our board. Mm-hmm. What, what are they doing at cornerback with recruiting?
1: It's interesting. Um, yeah, they offered Waylon Free, uh, who's kind of an under the radar recruit from Lynnwood. I believe USC was his first Pac twelve offer or one of his first. Um, you know, I his two favorite schools right now are USC and Boise State. Well, USC's obviously in the lead. I think it's pretty obvious that they're gonna end up with him. Um the thing is, here is they're they're looking to add cornerbacks. Um, they're in it for a couple big time guys. I think they're still going to be in it for Graham. They're still going to be in it for uh, for Jalen Johnson for Fresno, a couple other guys. Um, but you know, they they want to fill out the roster of cornerback in this class a little bit. We've seen that they've been aggressive with offers. You know, they've offered Quinn Lake, um, you know, Jalen Shaw, a couple of different guys. But they were, they were actually kind of behind for UCLA. For a couple of these guys, um, it seems like uh, Quinn Lake is a legacy there from UCLA, obviously. So that's where that is. Um, so I think Wentz is a quality guy that's been flying under the radar, um, and they're trying to add him, and then they're going to try to add some more quality guys. But I think they want one dude set in this class, you know, that they know okay, he's coming, and we like him. Uh, you know, I, th- I understand why USC fans kind of panic about him a little bit because he is under the radar, but if there's one position group where I'm sort of trusting USC's coaches to v- to make an evaluation pick where it's a guy that, you know, is less known, I'm trusting defensive back. I feel like, you know, Clancy Pendergast is kind of a defensive guru. He was the secondary's coach at one point. You know, I know he also messes with the line. He's the linebacker's guy now, kind of. He messes with them, but... um, I just trust them to make an evaluation there. Uh, if if I'm gonna, you know, if they're taking a three star guy or something like that somewhere, and if I had to pick and you know bet where he's going to be good, I would trust that they picked right at defensive back, especially out west where you know it's really kind of loaded, and you would think USC could sort of pick and choose who they want in a way, out west. So that's that's my take on this. Uh, but, I, you know, I think they're going to take two or three in this class, yeah. and they want one that's set in stone.
3: Okay. I think there are two conclusions to draw from, from this. One, they probably should have kept in touch better with Thomas Graham. Yes. <laughs> I think that's obvious. Um, also... You're talking about them wanting to, I guess, re-stack the position, the cornerback position. I think it tells us that they expect a Dory Jackson to go after this year.
1: Yes, and I think it's fair to say that you expect, you know, Imam Marshall to go after three. I think you expect Marvell Tell to go after three. You know, like these guys that are starting, I think that if they're playing at a high level – That's just kind of the nature of the business at USC. Guys leave early, especially, you know, if they get their shot, Um, especially at those skill positions where you're getting the high-end talent. You're going to get the first-round draft picks, I think, out west at defensive back and receiver, and that's where you see a lot of these guys go early for SC. Very good, boys. I didn't
0: tune out. I was listening to everything. Trust me. (laughs) What were we talking about? You are talking about Greg Rogers, USC, UCLA, and then you talked about cornerbacks. Did you not? Or are we going to talk about cornerbacks? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we just did. It. Now, see, I got you. I got yeah, I you, boy. I yeah. love it. That was are, Chris you, are you eating a Dodger
1: dog? Right no, now, I wish bro? I was. Uh,
0: it's, it's a little early for a Dodger dog. Yeah. You know what? Well, let's just throw some eggs in there. Eggs like and a Dodger sausage.
1: dog? It's like a sausage, right? That's what a hot dog is. I
0: think I've reached a point in life where Dodger dogs and I just don't agree I was into it I got into yeah. it thanks to AMPM now maybe it's AMPM's fault I don't want to blame AMPM it's their fault dude it's their
1: fault I'm sure <laughs> as bad as the ones at the at Dodger Stadium are I'm sure that the ones at AMPM are just a little bit worse Yeah, and mess with you a little bit more would just be my thought there you go alright well there
0: there is Chris Swanson's recruiting highlights take a quick break and then we've got a loaded question from the message board we're going to get to it it is the trojansports.com podcast
2: you're listening to this week's edition of the trojansports.com podcast subscribe on itunes and never miss a moment of your favorite fellas yapping about your Trojans each week. Plus, some fun and frivolity along the way.
3: Okay. I, I don't think you realize. Uh, last week in the podcast, you pronounced Rojo and Rojo. Did I? You did.
2: Wow. Stay locked in. More of the
4: Trojansports.com
2: podcast
4: next. Hey, it's the QB, Sean Salisbury, and you're listening to the Trojan Sports Podcast right here on the home for everything USC. Everything
0: USC. Trojansports.com. You're listening to the Trojan Sports Podcast on Trojansports.com. Powered Powered by rivals. rivals.
2: The shortest breaks known to man. The boys are back. This is the Trojansports.com podcast. And remember everything you need for the best in-depth coverage of the Trojan from recruiting to the message boards you love. It all lives on trojansports.com from Rivals and Yahoo Sports. Somebody once told
4: me the world is gonna roll me. I ain't the sharpest tool in the shed. She was looking kind of dumb with her finger and her thumb in the shape of an L. back
0: of the Trojansports.com podcast Wednesday, July 13th, 2016. I'm Chris Morales, Chris Watson, Adam Maya. about to be joined by the one and only Scott Schrader, the new recruiting guru for Trojansports.com. I'm going to join us here for questions from the message board. We cue the horn and the music, and I've got to read Chris Watson's opening because I think it's a good one. Hey, everyone. We're aiming to record Tuesday and post-Tuesday evening. We're moving <laughs> closer and closer to getting back to a Monday show. We will, any ho- who, post your podcast questions here and we'll answer them. Now, this is important. Please, one question per person, or we'll pick our favorite question of all the options you give us. And stack this thread up, people, because I'm trying to get Schrader for this show and I want to entertain. So, Chris, in one hand, you tell people only one question, but then you people tell people to stack it up.
1: Yeah, I wanted multiple people to ask one question, I think, was the was the direction I was aiming I for. I love but the
0: experiment and it didn't turn out well. <laughs> we'll see yeah. how it goes. But we queue up the satellite phone because the one and only Scott Schrader is there. Scott, welcome into the show. How are you?
4: Good, thank you. How
0: are you? Doing well. This is I know we had you on just to say hello last week, but I, I feel good now that you're in the mix with Chris and Adam. It's it's like we're it's like we got the whole mishpuka here, the whole family is ready to go. And we'll start with smile one. Much has been discussed who will start at quarterback this season. I think the staff is betting on Darnold. Question for all of you: Who starts and why? Also, since Schrader will be on the show, let's get his opinion. Well, Scott, let's start with your opinion. How about that?
4: Well, as far as the starter goes, yeah, you know, it's yeah. You know, my opinion is is probably the same as just about everybody else, and, and that Max Brown will. will probably be the starter, 100% be the starter, Um, but I'll tell you what, the the more that that spring practices went on, uh, and the more I saw Sam Darnold, he is is definitely somebody that I I look forward to seeing in the future, because this this kid is extremely talented, athletic, and he's going to bring a lot to the USC football team in the future.
0: Beautiful. Mr. Swanson, Mr. Maya.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, that's that's the that's the kind of common sense approach is that Max Brown would be the starter because he's the older guy. He's been there forever. He was so highly ranked coming out of high school. The thing that throws me off is the fact that the coach has continued the competition, and that's why I've, I've kind of been leaning towards Darnold eventually takes it over. It's hard for me to imagine Sam Darnold starting against Alabama. Um... So I think that, that it's definitely fair to say, hey, you know, uh, Max Brown should be the starter for Alabama. But, you know, I, I wouldn't surprise me if Sam Darnold eventually took it over. They eventually started splitting time because it seems like he's continued this uh, and made this a competition.
3: I'm just going to answer the question. I think both of them will start at quarterback this season. And I think because their coaches are going to need more time to figure out who their best quarterback is so they're going to have you both
0: There you go. Okay. Thank you. Smile one. Trojan fan 68, the one and only. Hi, everybody. Hi, this is Nick from Cyprus. Roll call. Shout out to Crispy Swanson, a.k.a. Trannies. Chris Morales, a.k.a. Harry Dirty, Trout, Rodriguez, Mr. 305, Mike Singer, Murph, the Don Baldwin, Adam, a.k.a. the Hobbit, Wayne, the Wood Gorney, Rip Blair, the Dirty Brood, Aguho. and here it is, Scott Trader, a.k.a. the Recruiting Guru, and the man who makes this podcast awesome, Adamaya. Ah, uh, Nick, it just gets longer and longer. First and only question, although there are rumors you appear later on. What's been your best road trip overall out of conference? Any stories you guys would love to share? Fight on, what will you guys do? Now, last week it was in conference, correct? Yeah. Okay, so out of conference. Go ahead. Chris, you can sing Notre Dame uh,
3: now.
1: Yeah, okay, yeah, Notre Dame. Um, that's kind of the only option, though, uh, That because, I mean, that's really – you know, I mean, I'm sure there's a few other examples, but that's really the you, team out of conference. You've been to the
3: team. Holiday Bowl. You've been to the Vegas Bowl. I
1: guess, okay. Yeah, the Vegas Bowl, that was a great trip. Um, no, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, tell, tell a story. No, tell no, story. Um, I think, uh, I We, we think, need a uh, story, Chris. No, no, that's no, no, what no, no, they no. want to hear. No, 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 no. Come Notre on. Dame. You, Notre Dame, I think... of the tradition, when I first went there <sighs> as a kid, uh, you know, I think that was the one that blew me away. It was when I was a child yeah. because I first saw it. I think it. you were blown
3: away from another... Road trip.
1: Okay, Adam, you share your best road trip story. <laughs> okay,
3: uh, I went to the what was it, 2005 Orange Bowl from the 2004 season, and we were down in Miami, and I'm 21 years old, and uh, I have a good story from this. So. I think I got there the day before the game. I wish I had been there earlier, but I got there I think the day before. And uh, with a group of people from the Gailey Trojan, we were working, I guess. Uh, no, we were working. But um, I met up with Arash Markazi the night before the game, and he actually came and picked us up from the airport. And so we get back to we, we went back to his hotel. There was a group of us that went, and there was another girl from the newspaper um, who uh, remained nameless, but she flew in later, and then she asked that we pick her up from the airport. So Rush, being a great guy that he is, goes back to the airport and picks her up from the airport, and then we go back to his hotel. He had a nice hotel. I forgot what it was, but it was nice. So we're heading out there, and we're planning our evening, and we're going to go to the Clevelander, the popular hotel bar in Miami. And so Arash calls for a cab because that's how he rolls. So calls for a cab from the hotel to the Clevelander, and we get a phone call. The cab is there. So, we go down to the lobby, and as we go down, something happened where I think Arash talked to the front desk and realized, I think he wanted another key or something, another room key, but he didn't have his identification on him. And so, he had two of the girls, uh, let's just call them, I don't know, Beth. I, again, I want, to, I want them to remain nameless. He had two of the girls stay there outside the lobby to hold the cab. I go back up with Arash to his room to get his identification. Okay? So that probably took four minutes max. We go up, get, get the ID, come back down. Guess what? No cab. No Beth. They're gone. We're calling them, we're calling them. Nothing, can't get a hold of them. We go back to the, the concierge and he's like, oh yeah, the, they they got in the cab, they took that cab, they left and so we had a call for another cab. Mind you, this was a Rosh's cab. This is his hotel that we're at. He had just picked up one of these girls from the airport both of them, really, but one of them he had just went back to the airport to pick up. And so, anyway, we end up getting another cab. We go to the hotel. And we're just talking about this the entire time, as you can imagine. And the more that we talk about it, the more that we think about it, it it blows our mind that they would do that. On, on so many levels that, that this would happen. And so,
0: you know, what's funny about that story is I think you've given a great insight into Arash's Instagram now but with, with your story <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> about sometimes the relationship he has with some of the people he is photographed with. So, <laughs> so yeah. I, I don't know if you did him more harm or good there. I don't know if that story makes him look great. But, they, but I like the story nonetheless.
1: Yeah. Now I, now I have to tell the story about the time I went to Miami and jumped in a cab with two random girls at a at a hotel before the Orange Bowl in 2005.
3: <laughs> did oh. you go to that game? I forget. No. no I okay, don't. I got maybe you did. No. Okay. All
1: right.
3: Yeah. Well, again, again. Well, I mean, you probably want to know the very end, right? Yes. Just, yeah. I mean, go we for do. It. We do get to the the Clevelander, which it was unbelievably packed. I guess I well, they knew it.
0: Arash was going to be there.
3: Yeah, so I think it took almost an hour to get in, and and then we it took even longer than to find them. We did find them later, but weren't so much looking for them at that. So point. when you
0: found them, what 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 did they say? They were gone. They were they were. Oh, so you never did find them. They were no,
3: they, we found them, but they were plastered.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. Did they have Arash's credit card that he gave them as well?
3: <laughs> no, they they were nice enough to wait. Wait, did Arash pay for that cab? <laughs> I can't remember now because he might have already had done it. No, that's no, okay. I, I don't think I he paid for so. anything.
1: Now. No, I hope he did. That's so. No. That makes he did Adam. That's no, no, no. the story. No, no, no. no.
3: I, it is a little fuzzy because this happened over eleven years ago. But um I do remember that when we found them, we had almost gotten over it because. It had been maybe two and a half hours later, but um, it's still an amazing story that we often like to share when we, when we see each other. We bring it up.
0: Next time I see him, I might bring it up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, well, very good. Moving on. Thank you, Nick from Cyprus. I believe you kind of followed the rules there, but David Wall, who's up next, says you didn't follow the rules. He says, since Trojan fan sixty-eight obviously didn't read your instructions, I'm inclined to ask you fifteen questions, but I'll refrain. You guys have answered my questions about wins and losses that will most surprise the fans. So now let's move to the players. Yes, let's give me a couple of players on both sides of the ball whose performances this year you expect will surprise or disappoint Trojan fans. We've
3: we've actually answered that before. But we can do it again. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to throw out people that are going to disappoint you. I, I don't think that's fair to the players. But maybe some surprises. Yeah,
1: go for it, Adam. Go for it. You're not ready? Okay. I don't know. I mean, I got to think about it a little bit, I think. Yeah, go, go. Yeah,
3: I got to think about it, too. But my, my trendy pick, my, uh, my hot cake is... Daniel Imatorbebe, the tight end. He's a redshirt freshman. And uh, while he still has to climb a couple people on the gap chart, I think that he's going to maybe break out. Uh, maybe not a full breakout, but I think that he's going to emerge and going to elevate and become the starting tight end. And I just foresee him being able to do a lot and really have an impact in the passing game. And um, they, they really haven't had, they were going to get that with Bryce Dixon, but they really haven't had an explosive tight end in some time. And I think that he will become that. And I think we're going to see flashes of that this year. So that's, my a- guy on, that's my guy on offense.
1: I'm going to take whoever starts at safety, at free safety. Um, or I'm sorry, at strong safety opposite Marvell Tell, who's at free. I'm not sure who it's going to be yet because there are a lot of guys there, so I can't really put it on one person. But I just think USC is, you know, kind of under the radar, put together a really good group of safeties, a really talented group. And I think whoever's starting there is going to have to be really good. And I think that will surprise people.
3: Okay. Uh, on defense, I'm going to go with Yushin Choukuzu. We talk about him a lot, but I think for most people, um, they're not too familiar with him, and they would be surprised. Uh, Max Brown actually brought him up the other day. I, you know, we were talking about a lot of things with him covering on the ground, and uh, unprompted, he just threw out Yushin Nuosu as a, a potential breakout player. So go for my picks.
1: Sorry, Adam. I didn't realize it was both sides of the ball. So I just started going. Um, all right. I'll, t- I'll take Deontay Burnett for offense because we've been talking about so much. I think that he'll just find a way um, to have a role to do something and kind of surprise people and show that he's you know he's going to grow into one of these better receivers in the Pac-12 eventually.
3: Yeah, he's underrated. Well, Scott, you have a couple guys that you want to throw out there that you think will be well, you yeah, know,
4: I'll, def- I'll definitely throw out. Uh, yeah, I, have to, I have to agree 100 percent with you with with Chenna. Um, he, he was somebody that uh, just really, really stood out to me this spring, uh, and and it was just consistent. It was, it was every practice, and mm-hmm. it, he got mentioned mentioned by Clay and whatever coaches and. Uh, that that would definitely be be my guy on, on, on defense, and on offense, yeah. It's, there were there were a few players on offense. I, I I definitely definitely liked what I saw out of out of, out of Burnett too, like Chris did. Mm-hmm. Um, without question, he he definitely was somebody on offense that you he just couldn't help but notice every every day. But. Uh, you know, another player, I, I don't know how much these guys are going to play ultimately, but, but somebody that, that I, I think has an opportunity to make an impact is Chris Brown.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I and mean, we've we learned yeah. that he's getting the first team reps in front of Gamie and Mama right now at left guard. And the coaches really like, I think, his reliability at that position.
4: Yeah, so those are a couple guys right now, just off the top of my head. I haven't really been thinking a whole lot about uh, about, I, I, and I will admit I haven't looked at the questions, so I wasn't really prepared. But those are just two guys that that, that stand out and, and come to the top of my head uh, immediately. I,
1: th- I think uh, I think it's a. Good pick. I think Chris Brown's a really good pick that we might have overlooked because he has a chance to start, and I don't think anybody, you know, that doesn't really follow the team. I don't think anybody expects, you know, somebody to bump Damian Mama or another one of these, you know, well-known offensive linemen out. So I think that's a good pick.
0: Very good. And don't worry, Scott. Chris doesn't read the questions almost every week anyway, so never, it's
1: fine. Never. Uh, well, it's- well, I've been told
4: I, I've been told that you don't either, so that's good.
0: <laughs> no, I read them. I just read them incorrectly. That's all.
4: Okay, that's what it was. Yeah,
0: that's okay. All right, thank you, David Wall. B22 rider. Hey, guys, hope all is well. Welcome to the site, Scott. There you go. So I was thinking that Stevie Mitchell may enter next year's draft regardless of how well he performs this season. If this happens, what do you think the receiving core looks like in 2017? Also, Chris, no hard feelings about missing me out here in Vegas. Just know that when we do catch up, I got something special for you. Winky face, fight on.
1: <laughs> Okay. That's, that's scary. That's a little scary.
0: <laughs> I hope there will be, <laughs> be videotape, whatever it is.
1: Hi. Oh, boy. All right. Uh, this, is tough. this is a tough question, I think.
3: Yeah, well, here we go. Okay. Um, I like that he called him Stevie. We should just call every Steve Stevie from now on. I agree. I guess you young. Um,
0: By the way, that was written. I didn't just add that, just for the no, record.
3: Yeah. Okay. Um, Steve Mitchell is going to have options he's graduated already takes his academics very seriously and we'll see where he stands in a year. Um, I don't know that he'll be looking at the draft. I think it's just early to say that. Um, I'm not expecting that. I'll put that out there. I, I don't, I don't think that he'll be looking to go to the draft, but sometimes there's that guy that we, we really don't expect to do that. George Farmer comes to mind. So, um, You can never be too sure. But I think in 2017, they're going to be fine. They'd like to have Steven Mitchell, of course. But um, they're going to lose Jaquan Hampton, Darius Rogers, Isaac Whitney, and we expect even more than Steven Mitchell, Juju Smith-Schuster. And even with all that, I think they're going to be strong at that position. Because I expect Deontay Burnett to be an impact player. And then I, I think Michael Pittman, even this year, is ready to contribute. And so by next year, he might be their number one guy. Uh, and then uh, I, we like what we're seeing already from Trevon Sidney and Tyler Vons and Velas Jones and Josh Imatorbebe. Of course, these guys all freshmen, But receivers acclimate to the college game a lot sooner than people at other positions. And so some of these guys might redshirt or they might play only a little bit because of all the the upperclassmen that are on the roster. But I just see them having a a strong receiving corps in 2017, even if these young guys don't make a big impact this season. I think they got everything. They have people in the slot. They have big outside receivers. They have fast receivers. And they're going to be playing with a second year starting quarterback in all likelihood. So I think they will still be one of the stronger positions on the roster.
1: Completely agree. It's going to be the year of the young guy. And, you know, who knows? Who knows who steps up and Tate jumps over who? Uh, I, I agree that I expect Deontay Burnett to be there, like I've said, but who knows who else is jumping in because there's all these young guys coming in now uh, for freshman receivers. So we'll see.
0: All right. Thank you, B22 Rider. TW of the Herd. When did Morales' man crush for Knicks start, and where should they go on their first date? And Chris, please elaborate on UCLA's advantages versus USC personnel-wise. Their O-line sucks, new wide receiver corp, and you better make a good argument or I'm going to hit you in your mangina when I see you in Dallas. Pink sticking out the tongue face. <laughs> it's good that the emojis are now infiltrating the questions from the message board.
1: That is the perfect smiley face for a mangina reference, I would say. Yeah. Um, I think I nullified
3: the Manjana reference. Um, wait, I, he broke the rule and asked two questions, but I think we should answer both. Yes. And I, I think, think should. Morales should answer the first I one. I already
0: saw that one coming. Um, where should Nick from Cyprus and I go? My new Facebook friend. Where should we go on our first date? Uh,
3: the police department.
0: Yeah, but then we... Well, we might be able to get into the sort of the fun that uh, he would want to see. Um, I don't know.
1: <laughs> the bathhouse. <I>, <laughs>
0: come on, I don't want to be like this in front of Scott Schrader. He's going to think weird things of me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, He's heard the show before. Yeah. Yeah. I think a taco stand, maybe it's Tito's Tacos in Culver City, just to to round out some of our our food conversations, which means that next week There's a lot of people
3: there, you know?
0: Yeah, that's true, but I could still put my hand on top of his and gaze into his eyes and say, a lot of young guys are coming in, like B-22 Ryder said, and what do you think? I don't know. I'm going to go taco bit, and this is going to open up taco questions yet again next week. So we'll just go from there. But I'm going to say Tito's Tacos for our first date.
1: When did the love start,
0: though? Huh. I think it started from the moment we began this show, and we started answering questions. Because if I do remember correctly, and sometimes I, I, those Blair and Guo years or months, they just yeah. wane in my memory. But <laughs> I do remember we did questions, and I, I think Nick was almost, from the beginning, one of our bigger posters, I think
1: so.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he gay one.
1: Okay. And I'll answer I'll answer the other question yes, since it's do. directed right at me. Um, he obviously TW of the herd is a little upset that I said that UCLA could beat USC this year and it would surprise people. I don't think UCLA necessarily has a lot of, you know personnel advantages against you know over usc i think they josh rosen's a great quarterback and that gives them a chance in any game pretty much um i think their coaching is better than usc's coaching and that game's at the rose bowl and to me that's a big deal uh the rose bowl even though i know people overlook that as a road game because they think you know oh it's in la it should be friendly to usc or you know whenever ucla plays other pac-12 teams nobody goes to that game but that's a nasty environment uh, for USC yeah. UCLA. There's probably sixty thousand UCLA fans in there, thirty thousand USC fans, or something like that. It might be a little bit more even, but you know, it's still a road game, and it's a nasty environment. So that's why I think UCLA can win. I don't necessarily think it's because they have more talent than USC. I, I don't agree with that. Um, I just, you know, I think that there are certain things that would make that game very tough for USC. That's it. <laughs> okay. Well, thank
0: you, T.W. of the Herd, and I appreciate uh, all that. Trojan fan 68 jumps back in. LOL, I didn't pay attention to detail, David, while I owe you 10 push-ups. <sighs> and then he says again, two of the Herd, or T.W. of the Herd. I'm the man. No, he, he him two. He does say two, that's right. Two of the Herd. I'm the man in this relationship with Chris Morales, a.k.a. Rodriguez, LOL. Again, the pink tongue-out face. <sighs> T.W. I didn't of the- even know that existed. I didn't know you could do it. Well, I know yes. it existed, but I didn't know you I could do it within the, the message boards like this. Yes. And then T.W. of the herd with his response. That was going to be my next question. Who is the hammer and who is the nail in your relationship? And it's T.W. of the herd. Of course, because I made the mistake way back when I saying two of the herd. And the whole hammer and nail, you know, I've heard a lot of references to what we're saying here without saying it. I've never heard the hammer and nail reference. So I got to give kudos to T.W. because he somehow taught me something in the double entendre of all of that. So, Right. By the way, I'd be the hammer for anybody who's wondering. Um, Trojan Gift Horse, please complete this sentence. Quote, USC will win blank over, or will win over blank because, dot, dot, dot. Team blank. Team blank. Alabama, Stanford, UCLA, Oregon, Notre Dame. See, he, he bucked the whole yep. one question per reader. He did. So Well, we know well, Alabama just put a line through we, that. We can all pick one game. Okay.
3: Okay.
1: Who's starting?
0: <laughs> Not me. Let's start with Scott. Scott, did you get
1: the... I know you're drawing... I'll, I'll, I can do Alabama okay. since I've kind of put myself on the line before, I <laughs> okay, guess. Okay, go this. ahead. Um, I think USC you know, will win over Alabama because, even <laughs> though I don't believe that, um, <laughs> they have talent and enough talent where they can hang with anybody on any given Saturday if things break their way. You know, if everything goes right for them in that game, they have the, the talent on the edge, you know, with their receiving core. I think their defensive backs are talented enough where they can make plays and they can beat Alabama. Alabama loses, you know, usually once a year like most big programs do. It could be USC. USC will be, you know, one of the harder teams on their schedule, maybe not the toughest team on their schedule, but it's not a pushover, easy win game. I think USC has the talent to possibly hang with them.
0: Let me say one. USC will win over Notre Dame because they won't want to end the season 6-6. Six and six. Wow. How'd you like mm-hmm. that, everybody?
1: That was mean.
0: I know.
3: All right. I will say USC will win over UCLA because the South Division title will be on the line.
1: Okay. And Chris Morales t Scott up with the team too, since he can't see Scott. Here is the question:
0: USC will win over blank. Uh, is it Oregon? Okay, we'll yes. win Stanford over or Oregon. Yeah, okay. We'll will okay. win over either Stanford or Oregon because dot dot dot.
4: Because it's the first time Oregon's played at the Coliseum in years.
0: Well, I like that.
4: I don't think you. I don't think USC is going to win any of those games. So that's as good a reason as I can think of at the moment.
0: <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> so there you go. Even on the road, Scott's bringing the heat. Oh, yeah, hey, Trojan gift horse. Even though you tried to buck our system, we buck you back, so to speak. Showtime SC. Are there any players other than Kenny Bigelow that may not be ready before the season due to injury? Two. Uh, well, now he's he's uh, he's asked three. So what yeah. do you guys want to do? Yeah. I'll just read them off. you guys decide. How is Cam progressing from his surgery? And what's our status on adding another Juco
1: DL? Adam, pick one. You're the okay. best. at Yeah, game. I'll, I'll pick the first
3: one. Cam Smith would be a candidate to not be ready before the season. Um, we're going to learn, I think, more about that tomorrow at Pac-12 Media Day. That'll definitely be a question. Um, and total open I mean, any time... For any of these guys, you're coming off a a torn ACL, then you may not be ready before the season. But I did talk to Toa about this, and he expects to be ready before the season. And when I last talked to Helton about Cam, he expected that he would. That was a while ago. So again, I need an update on that. But the question was, who may not be ready? The two of them may not be ready.
0: B22 rider is back. Hey, guys, I'm back. <laughs> Hope this isn't the two-hour mark on the show. Not not quite. We're, we're doing well, actually. Anyways, my first question sucks, so I'm back with another. Why not? <laughs> what would the NCAA do if USC decides they will honor Reggie Bush and all of his accomplishments while in Cardinal and Gold? I've always wondered how this whole disassociation thing works. Hope this show was a fun one. Fight on. Oh, so he's saying if USC decides to what, just to put the Heisman back in, what would the NCAA no, do? No, no,
3: no, no. He's saying that... Um, I. It's kind of loaded. And it, the first question wasn't even back, and we answered it. We're breaking our rule here. But when, when they eliminate the disassociation, then they're allowed to have a relationship with Reggie Bush, and they can honor him on campus... And he can, he can come to the games, and they can salute him, and yada yada yada. But they don't get the Heisman back because he's still deemed ineligible when he was there. So that's why he he lost the Heisman because of an eligibility issue.
0: Oh, okay, okay. So
3: now I'm. That's never happened. He's the only one whose Heisman has been revoked. So there's no precedence. Now the NCAA could determine to reverse that, but I don't I don't think that's gonna happen. And I, I've asked about that before and no one at USC expects that to happen. They do not expect to to see the NCAA give the Heisman back.
0: Okay. Upper yeah. West Side or, and those records too i mean right, that makes sense uh, yeah they, he, he wasn't
3: eligible so that's just the way that it works then. basically what what can be retrieved is a relationship um actual legal contact between reggie and the university
0: right uh, thank you b22 writer upper west side- thank you
1: professor adam
0: yes upper west side trojan what kind of offense are we going to run this year will the terminology be different than last year on that note we had started recruiting dual threat quarterbacks to go with Sark's offense, but are we now going back to more pro style type quarterbacks?
1: I think they're trying to get whoever they can get a quarterback in this class. Honestly, um, you know, I it's it's hard to tell what USC is doing. Still, I think that there's still kind of you know the the after effects of the Stark regime with the quarterbacks. Like you said, they did start to kind of shift towards dual threat. Um, who knows where they're going it seems like the, this class that was kind of you know the the thought at first uh, you know Tate Martell to attack a they can scramble they can move around but now it kind of seems like they're sort of trying to add a guy um, so who knows uh, Mackerel can run I guess he's also sort of a pro style guy because he can really stand in the pocket and throw it around I don't know where they're going. I think we kind of have to wait and see uh, to see what the offense looks like, what they're doing, You know, who's quarterbacking it. Maybe it changes based on who they can recruit and get. I, I think it's kind of too early to tell what exactly they're planning to do.
3: Yeah, uh, that was a bad answer. Okay. Oh, so, okay. For, for this year... <laughs> okay. For there. Okay. For this year... The, the quarterbacks tell us that the offense strongly overlaps what it was last year, that there was a big change before Stark got there from, from Kiffin slash Orgeron to Stark. But from Stark to Helkin, the offense is not that much different, even with you know, a new offensive coordinator now and new quarterbacks coach, so on and so forth. The terminology will be a little bit different because they have to change it, but it's not that much different. They say that it strongly resembles what they were doing before. At the same time, even watching PRPs, Sam Darnold runs different stuff than Max Brown. Now, Darnold will do everything that Brown's doing, but my feeling is that if Darnold were the starting quarterback they wouldn't hesitate to use him differently. Now, I don't think it'll be dramatically different, but um, you're going to see some things that uh, you just won't see with Brown. And I think that's really it.
1: What's great about that answer is I have no idea how it was any different than mine, honestly. You were talking like, more I think about, we said the ex- same exact thing, and I'm not even kidding, but we'll no, see.
3: You got, caught, you got caught up in the recruiting and how the offense will be formed around a future quarterback that we don't know about. And the question was, what offense are they going to run this year? Meaning who they recruit is irrelevant right now. That guy's not on the roster. On that not note. Quarterback.
1: He's quote on that note. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Recruiting, he says. N- but now, are we going back to more pro style type quarterbacks? We don't know yet.
3: Right. We don't know yet. I know, but this no. year we're talking about the offense this year, not so much. Yeah, I said it, it depend- depends
1: on. I said it depends on who's playing quarterback, which is exactly what you said.
3: Yeah. Well, <laughs> okay. It, it doesn't but- entirely depend on that because if whether it's Brown or Darnold, about ninety percent is going to be the same offense but I, I can see it being a little bit different with Darnold, a little bit extra, really. Brown's in the run
4: yeah, offense. I, I, I love that a little bit of what, of what I'm thinking on that, uh, is that USC is going to run a pro-style offense with or without Max Brown or Sam Darnold. Is the, the, the difference that I see with, with Darnold is Darnold has the option of doing things Max Brown can't do physically, and that's take off and run. Uh, he's going to be far more elusive, and I, I think isn't Adam isn't that kind of what you see? Is the, is the biggest difference? Yep. Is that Sam Sam athletically is just so far different and much more athletic than, than Max Brown. That you know, there's just stuff that he's you know, USC's not all of a, all of a sudden going to start running an offense that Oregon's been running over the years or anything like that.
3: Right, exactly. They're going to utilize his athleticism if he's on the field, but. Regardless, they're, they're going to be running that same offense, whether it's Brown or Darnold, which is also going to be not much different from the offense that they ran last year.
4: Right, and when you talk to T. Martin, uh, it's he's always talking about what they started building with Lane Kiffin and what they're continuing to build as far as The offensive scheme and the players they were looking at and the players they continue to look at to recruit Uh, is all based on a a similar offense to what USC fans have seen for quite a few years now.
3: I'm going to add one more thing. I think the biggest difference that we're going to see is a different personality and different inclination from the quarterback. Than what we got from Cody Kessler, I think that these quarterbacks are going to be more apt to throwing downfield and working the perimeter better uh, and distributing the ball better.
4: Yeah, mostly because they can.
3: Yeah, yeah. I think I think they're physically yeah. more capable. Both of them.
4: Sure.
0: Oh, right, you guys! Thank you, Upper West Side Trojan. I right, pause for a second, guys. Do you want to? How do you want to do this? Do you want to stop here and post this one part and tease another show coming where we finish the questions, like this week, like tomorrow morning, or what do you want to do? Because if we stop think, here and record later, it's going to delay posting this portion. Obviously.
1: I think. That's I
3: think. Long. I think we only have
0: like. No, we have a more. lot. No, we have a lot more.
1: No, but they're most of them are just comments on shit that they're they're like talking yeah. to each other. We have There's one on an injury. Many. We
3: have okay. one can on injury. Can we Greg get it Rogers? done in ten minutes?
1: Sh- yeah, I think so. Okay. We really can. Right. Just okay.
3: Only, only one person will answer
1: each one. Yeah. Okay, that's fine. One person. Just just <laughs> delegate to somebody and lean for Scott for recruiting, lean to him for okay. okay. Three two one.
0: Okay. All right, Fatty McButterpants is up. Do you have any insight on whether or not Helton will ditch the quote no huddle offense and go back to tra- traditional huddling? Notice I didn't say hurry up no huddle because we never actually hurried to do anything. Most times players were just standing there staring at the sidelines last year, waiting for the call, using up all of the play clock. Seemed pretty pointless and just looked sloppy. I also heard Helton may be ditching those stupid giant picture cards and going back to, tra- to traditional signaling. Can, can you confirm any of this? Scott, I hear you chuckling. So I want to ask... Yeah. But- <laughs>
4: Yeah, it it, it it seems like it seems like uh, those cards have been kind of a point of contention with some <laughs> with some UFC fans for for a little while. Well, at first it was the Denny's menu that, that Lane Kiffin preferred to have uh, <laughs> on him, but anyway, that was just that that, that prompted the chuckle that's
0: it. Uh, Adam. Any thoughts? Okay, um,
3: they're they're practicing slower than they were under Stark, and so that leads me to believe that it will probably huddle a little bit more but um, I realized they didn't play that fast under stark they did practice really fast uh, which was interesting right to practice one way and then not play that way um, we haven't seen the picture cards we've seen the traditional signaling uh, in the PRPs the PRPs while I, I kind of say that they're really a glorified seven on seven um For the quarterbacks, they are treating it like the real thing, you know, and and they have people on the sideline giving them the calls and then, you know, the way that they communicate with the rest of the team. And so um, it looks to me like maybe they will scale back on some of the mill huddle, but probably not uh, completely abandon it.
0: Oh, very good. Thank you so much, Fatty McButterpants. Seymour Jair And he says, Hi, this is Jerry from Simi Valley. So see, now his name makes sense. He basically called out, or he copies the roll call. So we'll go past that. First and only question, what company made your favorite jock strap, you know? The best you've ever worn. Was it so good that you wore it out? I asked this because depending on how you answer, I'll be able to tell who's played ball in the past. I said, played ball, not plays with balls. Morales. (laughs) Thanks. Thanks, guys. I'll take my answer off the air. P.S. Chris was right. I actually do like you guys. I'm just going to say, although I think, Scott, you mentioned last week when we did our little uh, intro that... uh, you played football i don't know for sure but i played i think my i probably wore out a jock strap more than anybody else on this show at least thinking adam and chris so i'll take it from there moving right along uh you're not gonna answer your favorite company no because i don't really remember the company does anybody remember the company of a jock strap yeah mizuno no (laughs) okay there you go uh, I say no too. That's Brandon true. K. Stein, hi. This is Brandon from Amarada. A couple questions for you guys. Any word on BKU? How bad is his injury, and how is his recovery going? I haven't heard much about him lately. Second question is, what quarterback do you think would have the better overall season if given the opportunity to start? Thanks for all you guys do. I'm brand new to the site, brand new to the site, and I'm already loving it. Well, thank you, Brandon, so much. We love to hear that.
3: <laughs> and already breaking the rules.
0: Yes. Okay.
3: okay. Yeah, I know. Thank you, Brandon. Uh, Okay, mean he later clarified he actually meant Woolly Batico. Yes. Um, who uh, – Chris has got an update, actually. Go ahead, Chris. I, d-
1: I guess I do, um, but I told it to you, and I don't remember the exact specifics of it. But he's out of the boot now. Um, he's doing more. I believe it was just some, some stress issue in his foot. It was originally believed to be turf toe, and then it turned out it was just a stress issue. But he's running in the pool and he's doing some stuff to try to get better, and it looks like he's on track to be okay. Yeah. they I get it all, Adam?
3: It's a stress reaction in his toe. Thank you.
1: That's right.
0: And B B and uh, Brandon, don't feel bad, because then I saw TW of the herd and other people jumped in on you. I'm just guessing it might have been the rival's message board, because the autofill is a little tricky sometimes, and maybe it took Batiku. You, made, you did mean that, and it just switched it to BKU. You never know.
1: Nice save. Nice save for him, Chris Morales. Well, he's new. I, wanted to make, I want him to feel yeah, love. It, I want him, I, him to feel the nice. love, you know? It's nice. We love you, man. Do Brent. we...
3: Okay. Last we, question? I, yeah, well, that was the last question. I think we have another minute here. Do we want to answer his second question? Sure, go yeah, ahead.
1: Yes, he's new. He's new. Answer it. Okay. Go ahead, Chris. <laughs> okay. Um. You know what? Uh... This is a tough one because I think they're both pretty even. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to say Max Brown, though. Uh, Actually, I think Max Brown would have the better season if he was given the opportunity to start just because he's older. And I think that, you know, sometimes it's the older guy's time and it's just, you know, he'll do well no matter what. I feel like he's the guy that I can insert in there and I feel like he'll, you know, have a good season. I feel like he's more ready and polished and seasoned than Sam Darnold. So while I see Sam Darnold, having the potential to maybe have that explosive breakout all-time season, I think Max Brown would be my pick to have the better season right now, if I had to pick one.
3: Yeah. I, I hate answering these questions, but I'm going to do it. Um, my hunch is that Brown would have a better 2016, but that Darnold would have a better 2017, and therefore that might be why Darnold Ultimately prevails because he can be better later.
0: Okay, beautiful.
3: Well about you, Scott? I'd like to hear what you think.
4: I think I I, I agree with you both that that Max Brown uh, would have the better season uh, in 2016, Um, and and also it certainly isn't out of the question that. A scenario could play itself out to where uh, Sam would would have a better season in 2017. Yeah, I, I I would I would guess that a, a perfect scenario would be for Max Brown to just have this extraordinarily incredible 2016 season and have an opportunity to uh, to jet to the NFL. I'm not saying that's going to happen. I'm just putting that.
3: Out. Yeah, yeah. No, that like, I I think we all like to see that. I mean, we all like to see Max Brown succeed he's been there a long time um he's just been a great teammate great ambassador for the program great to the media and so it's hard to pick against him yeah. um but we, yeah. we all do we're being honest we like the upside of Sam Darnold and I think if you're gonna get that breakout 2017 season from Darnold he probably needs to play this year so that's where yeah. it's really hard to pick between them uh, for the coaches
4: it what just kind of seems like it's just, it's just kind of hard to imagine Sam Darnold being suppressed, for lack of a better word, for two years.
3: Yeah. He's just too good. Yeah. That's there you go. You, you nailed it.
0: Well, there you go. Thank you to everybody who asked questions at the message board at Trojansports.com. Scott Trader, thanks for jumping on on the phone line. Adam Maya, Chris Swanson, until we do it again, closer and closer to Monday next week. We don't know which day. We're going to tease you. Thanks for uh, subscribing to the podcast. Just go to Trojansports.com. If you haven't, click other. You can go to Podcast Arena, Audio Boom, or searches on iTunes. Just search Trojansports.com. And of course, yes, if you don't subscribe to Trojan Sports to get all the content, all the recruiting news, all the insight from Adam Aya, Chris Swanson, Scott Schrader and my chuckles once in a while, then you must do so. It's less than the amount of money you'll spend at Starbucks in two days. I guarantee you. Try it out. Trojansports.com. Have a great rest of your week, everybody, and we'll talk to you next week on the Trojansports.com podcast. Check you later.
1: Oh, yes. It's a Uh big one. The level of douche I am. (laughs) You're the magician. I've given you the tools
0: you know your uh, Swedish or Norwegian tight end? I do know Norwegian like tight that. ends. There's no doubt about that. Offensive linebacker and DL. And like I said before, yeah, no, the, you're the, worse no, than Nick. <laughs> outside linebacker,
1: outside linebacker excuse me. It's like crack, but cheaper and healthier. Oh, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm not the ass man. I think there's been a mistake. <laughs>
4: <laughs> What's your name again? Cosmo Kramer. Cosmo Kramer, you are the ass man.
1: (laughs) The name on the boat. Look at it. Ass man. He's the ass man. Jerry, he's the ass man. So, you're the ass man. Cock-a-doodle-doo,
0: Bob. Trojansports.com podcast. Talk to you later. He is the one that sort of whips us. So to speak, back
1: into shape. It, and I like a good whip once in motherly a while. touch. Yeah. So yeah. we missed that and we probably got off topic. And- hey, I could use some GUI surgery. I have a lot to say about seafood. Yeah. i <laughs> so uh, you go first. Well, uh, To lay the wood, as they say. So,
2: hey, Ryan Reynolds, what are you doing at Cleveland's house? Well, believe it or not, they've decided to shoot my movie in Kohog instead of Newport. I'm playing Hitler, but is a young Hitler. And he's got a rockin' body. It's called Hotler. Heck, there's only one man in this entire city capable of defrosting Mr. Freeze.
1: Adios.
0: Or... What do you eat there?
1: Okay, <laughs> how's it prepared? I like trainees in San Pedro. You like what now? <laughs> What's it called? <laughs> <laughs> trainees. Trainees. <laughs> She's naughty. Manganieka? Well, then you could play quarterback, too, because I'm sure you like touching, you know, a little, Whoa. again, a little taint action, too. Wow! I'm an orange vein kind of guy. Oh, yeah. I'm cool with Puffy. I think so. Enjoy that hot dog, man. That's awesome. I never <laughs> pass up a good hot dog, boys. <laughs> no, we had a problem.
0: I and mean, uh, we tried to do everything we could. What do you mean? Well, you know what I mean. He's gone. And we couldn't do nothing about it. I Cut know. this
3: part out. I, I'm sorry. I just I didn't want to move on until I knew we were done.
0: I like to grow my hot dog. Oh, yeah.
3: Galito! Cobra! Attack!
1: says it. we <laughs> release a death chart. <laughs>
0: did I say it was coming or did I say yeah, it was there? You <laughs> said it was coming. Well, you guys could have jumped in and said, I think it's there. That would have been funnier.
3: I just did that.
0: Yeah. Three, two, one. This is all staying in. he has gone.
1: And we couldn't do nothing about it. I feel so touched. Black. Yes. Hashtag black.
0: Haven't you ever seen my naughty late night party line commercials? Hey, are you lonely?
3: Do you like to party with hot girls?
1: What about horsing around with fat guys? I'm an orange vein kinda of guy. Ashman <laughs> <Yes>, <laughs> The level of douche I am. <laughs> it's like crack, but cheaper and healthier.